stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. See it. I don't see any. There we go. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Morning, everyone. We're going to start today and pick up where we've left off in James. We've had a couple of, of classes on James already, uh, and we're up to verse 19. So we're going to finish chapter one with James. <clears throat> and I'm going to be reading them from the from the. Uh, New American Standard. I'll start right here. The New American Standard, the 20, uh, 2020 edition. Now you know this, my beloved brothers and sisters, how everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Therefore, ridding yourself of all filthiness, and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. Verse 22. But prove yourself doers of the word, and not just hearers who deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer, this person will be blessed in what he does. <clears throat> Verse 26, If anyone thinks himself to be religious, yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this person's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God, our Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Now, there's a lot of meat in there, and I want to go back to the beginning. There's several words that I want to, that I want to bring up and talk about. Um, number one, go to verse 21. Therefore, ridding yourself of all filthiness. Now, what does the word filthiness mean? Okay, it, it's the word, now I'm not too sure on the pronunciation of this, but rupara, rupara, and it means dirty, filthy, filthiness, figuratively in a moral sense. So, he's talking about not washing your hands in the sink. He's talking about getting, ridding yourselves of all moral filthness. Now that, um, I don't know about you, but when I was in the world, I picked up quite a bit of that stuff. And I find as I got older, it's a lot easier to keep than it is to get rid of in some cases. But he says that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to get rid of all filthiness. And all that remains of wickedness. And I want to talk about wickedness for a second. That's the word kakia. And it means uh, as an evil habit of the mind. While poneria is the active outcome of the same, poneria is malevolence, not only doing evil, but being evil. So right off the bat, we're told to get rid, 
we've got some thinking problems. We've got some issues with our with our thought patterns and things that have stuck to us over the years as far as uh, filthiness and wickedness. Uh, we've got to deal with that. Now, he goes on, and the third word is humility. In humility, receive the word implanted. Now, the word receive means to germinate, to grow up, to spring up, or to produce. Now, no, that's, pardon me, I got the wrong, I, I read the wrong line there. That's the next word, which is implanted. But the word humility means meekness, but not in a man's outward behavior only. It's the attitude of the Spirit we accept God's dealing with us as good and do not dispute or resist. Now, this is interesting. I want to say that again. Meekness, but not in a man's outward behavior only. It's an inward thing. This is how we would deal with filthiness and wickedness. The things that have have hammered us uh, from the time before Christ, those things, and the the Scriptures are adamant about that, about uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, and so forth. If you continually think in terms of filthiness and wickedness, uh, guess what kind of fruit you're going to produce? Uh, you don't get apples off an orange tree. You don't get, uh, you know, you get what you plant. And if as long as you hang on to the things that are causing you these issues, this filthiness and wickedness, you can't receive the word. Now, the word implanted, it says receive the word implanted. That word means that it's planted and it grows. And the word simply says to germinate, to grow up, to spring up, and to produce. So when I read this scripture right here, it gives me the impression I've got thought problems, I've got got internal issues, uh, many of them only God and I know about, uh, that need to be dealt with. Now how do we do that? He says, receive the word implanted. Well, that, that goes right along with what Jesus said in Mark Chapter 4, Matthew 13, and Luke 8. Uh, The sower sows the word, and this is the seed, is the word of God. So you receive that, that, that word that's implanted in your soul, in your heart. Now, the interesting thing is, is and, and as, I, as I think of that, when I go back to the book of Mark, and I read Mark 4, and I read Matthew 13, and I read Luke 8, there's four kinds of soil. Uh, only one of them receives the word correctly. And so, in reality, you could say every hundred people that are sitting in church and listening to the word, only 25 of them get it. The other 75, uh, the, the birds of the air come and get it, the thorns overwhelm it, it's growing on, on rocky ground and it doesn't get any root. But the ones that are able to deal properly with the issues of life are those that let the Word grow and it grows in their heart and it springs up. And we could go on into the parable of the sower and see that it becomes like a, a large tree that the birds of the air can come and, and rest in and it provides shade. So uh, James is really building off of that foundation. Now, uh, we go to... Uh, the next word, it says the word implant which is able to save your soul. The word save is sozo. 
I'm sure we've talked about this before. Sozo is a pretty comprehensive word. It means to be safe, delivered, make whole, persevere, to, to preserve, safe from danger, loss, and destruction. So it's the Word of God that can produce this type of atmosphere in your heart. Without it, you're not going to gain much ground. Okay? Now, go on and look at um, verse 22, but prove yourself doers of the Word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. What does that look like? What does it look like for someone to hear the Word and to deceive themselves? Well, the word deceive means it implies error wrongly to exercise one's reason and to reason falsely or incorrectly. So the person that receives the word implanted and doesn't pay, the one that receives the word of God implanted is not the guy who looks at it and just listens to it but disregards it. Um, I've seen that, and I'm sure we've all seen it in church many times where people, where you've got a guy sitting here and a guy sitting over here and um, the pastor preaches, this guy goes, man, that's the best word. I've never heard anything like that. That's amazing. And this guy over here is going, what time's lunch come, you know? He just doesn't get it. And um, and you're right in the middle between the two of them. Uh, you want to go to lunch with the guy, but you also want to hear the Word of God. So uh, you're kind of conflicted there. Um, but if we don't want to deceive ourselves. Now, I want to go on and one who has looked, verse 25, one who has looked intently at the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer. This person will be blessed in what he does. Now, when I first hear this, I get this impression. One who has looked intently at the perfect law We've got this gentleman over here on my right. He's listening. He's hearing. He's 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 following along. He's he's digging into this. He's getting into it, and it says, and has continued in it. So this gentleman will take home the word. He'll take. Maybe he's got notes that he's taken, but he takes what what he heard in the word and he goes home and he keeps pressing into it. This is the man that's going to have success. And when you call it the perfect law, why would they call it the perfect law? Well, God's given it to us. If God gave it to us, there's a reason that He gave it to us. He's He's God. He sets up the law. We, we want His justice. We want His perfection. So it's the perfect law that He's given us. Now, He goes on down and He adds a couple of other things. If anyone thinks himself to be religious yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this person's religion is worthless. The word religion and religious in here have really bad connotations today. Um, I don't want religion. I don't know too many people that do. Uh, religion as a, as a um, concept today represents to me most of what's bad about church so forth. So that's what people think. Well, I don't want religion. But what he goes on here says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, in other words, if you think you're following God, that's what the impression was. 
If you think you're doing what God wants to do, and yet do not bridle your tongue, you deceive your own heart. Now, we get down to the crux of what this whole story is about, is about bridling your tongue. How do you do that? Well, I don't know. Um, if I went back to Psalm, and I believe it's, um, if I go to Psalm 141, verse 3, I want to I want to pull that up. I believe that's the right verse. Let's hope that it is. Yeah. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, when I first heard that, I thought that President Trump could have used that. Set a guard, O Lord, over my tweets. Uh, that's, that would be valid today. People just tweet and shoot things off out in space and never think about it. And it gets them in trouble, just like the just like the scriptures say that it would. But the point is, set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, without controlling that, what kind of trouble do we get in? Well, um, unfortunately, I can share years worth of experiences. Um, I've never known how to keep my mouth shut when I'm in a bad situation. Um, now, I'm getting better at it. I've been married for 46 years. You'd think I'd learn something about keeping my mouth shut. I am making progress, though. Uh, but the issue is, when you're confronted with evil, when you're confronted with things that are, that are um, totally off base, just any one particular element that we're looking at, um, whether it be abortion, um, what they're doing to kids in the schools and so forth and so on. It's easy to get mad at that. It's easy to watch the news and get mad. That's the that's just doesn't take much to do that. But it's looking at that and keeping in mind what God said in His Word and learning how to control your tongue. Uh, James will go on and he will say later, that the tongue is like a, a, a fire. It sets on the fires of hell. It's a spark. And, um, and uh, I can think of several times, I'm trying to think of one I could share here, um, where I... I um, oh, thank you, Lord. Just got one. When I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit and was learning how to hear from the Lord, um, I did. I was. I was just learning, and and I was in Ohio State, or not Ohio. I was in Columbus, Ohio, and I was working there. And I had to. And I. I had to stop at a store to get get some stuff. And I pull up, and there's a sign in front that says uh, five minute parking. Well, all I had to do was go in and deliver something to them and come back. So I parked there. I come back. I go in. I come back. My car's gone. And there's a sign there that says no parking under. Uh, you will be towed. And um, I found out it's what, what the, the Columbus police told me was a parking trap. And um, there's a, there was two guys in a wrecker and another guy over here. When you parked there, they went over and switched signs, hooked onto your car and towed you down, and you had to go pay 80 bucks in cash to get them out. They wouldn't take credit card or anything. had to pay them 80 bucks in cash. Well, when I found out what it was, now you got to understand, I'm not that far removed from my worldly ways, so I'm mad. I'm 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 going to let them have it. So I go out Shamrock Towing in Westerville, Ohio. I hope they're out of business now, but anyway, Shamrock Towing. I get out there and I go in, and I'm going to let them have it. 
So I get in there, and this guy has got two of the biggest Dobermans you've ever seen, and they're on a chain link like this, and they're vicious. And I'm, I'm getting ready to lay into them, and I hear this float across my mind. And I'd never heard this Scripture before, but I heard this. It says, The mouth of a fool calleth for blows. I'll never forget that. That's in Proverbs. The mouth of a fool calls for blows. And I sat there and I looked at that and I said, I, I, I just breathed a quick prayer. Lord, I'm going to get waxed if I keep going, aren't I? And he said, yeah. So I had to pay the 80 bucks and, you, you know, you learn a lesson. But the point was that if I kept going the way I wanted to go, I, I may or may not have been here now to teach. So, so uh, there's been many other instances and I'm sure that you have instances of yourself where you've, shot your mouth off and you should have kept quiet. So that's part of what he's talking about here. How do we do that? Now, I can go on, and, and in fact, I'm going to jump out of that, James, a minute. Go back to Matthew chapter 12, and I look at Matthew 12, 30, let's go to verse 33. This talks about the words and the way that what the Lord said about it. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. Now, Jesus is calling the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good, for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what is evil. Now listen to verse 36 and 37. These are critical verses that I don't think we pay that much attention to. Them. And I say to you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render an account for it on the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Well, a lot of my words have been worthless. They're just not worth saying. But that's the challenge that we have as believers is trusting God and trusting that the Holy Spirit, the more word we feed into us, the more we'll become like Christ and the less we'll be like we used to be. Um, so, and, and the other thing, um, I've grown up in a, I grew up in a political environment where I was, I would argue politics. I, I mean, I thought this side was good, that side was bad. So I would begin to argue politics, and I find out that Jesus said, though blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I don't think I've ever been a peacemaker. I think I've been a, a, a trying to uh, win my arguments and, and, and not looking for what God said about peace, not treating my enemy with the respect that he deserves that God would have him treat. So anyway, that's, that's part of what this worthless, um, the idea of the worthless, uh, non-productive words that you speak, we don't want to do that. Now, I want to go on and I want to ask some questions. Um, The, the thought was brought up when you were a little kid. You heard words like, uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but you know words can never hurt me. Uh, well, I think we know as you get older that's not true. You can, 
broken bones get fixed, but sometimes words that were spoken in anger or, or stupidity are like arrows that just they, they fit deep inside and they, they, they hurt tremendously. And uh, that's part of our issue is trying to, trying to deal with those old wounds. And by keeping our mouths under control and letting the Word do what it's implanted, uh, we can avoid causing those problems to other people. My mom and dad, I was adopted, and um, uh, I, I didn't respond well to it when I was young. And, um, and I, mom and dad have both passed away now, so, but I, I saw a picture of them on the wall the other day, a specific picture at our house and so forth. And I began to think about all the things that I said to them that were just bad. And, um, and uh, I'm going to be held accountable for those. Now, God's forgiven me, but there were words that were spoken that damaged my mom and dad. Uh, I wish I could have had them back, but I, but I can't now. So the point that he's making here is we've got to keep our eye on, on what he said and understand our position. We're forgiven. And the words that we've spoken that are going to damage people that have caused problems, we can be forgiven for that. But let's try not to do any more damage in the future. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody. Now, I want to go on. I want to, I want to ask a couple questions. Um, what results... This is one of the questions that's challenged me. What results have you experienced when you tried to make things right through your anger? What results have you experienced when you try to make things right with your anger? Well, part of, part of the results that I've experienced uh, were not good. Um, uh, again, I go back to, to many years ago, right after I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, Julie and I, this was in 1979. We got baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1978. And um, 1979, we're sitting in church and the pastor gets up and I, this is almost a direct quote. He says, God will make you sick and Satan will heal you just to confuse you. And I didn't take, I didn't take well to that. So I, call, I, I, I went to see him and, um, uh, and the conversation did not go well. For, for for either one of us. And uh, he got up and, and he was so angry at me. His face turned red. I can still see him pointing at me and, and um, say, saying some things and accusing me of some things. And, uh, and I responded in kind. I mean, you know, somebody shoots you with, a, with four or five arrows, you want to make sure you hit back with four or five arrows. And um, so it didn't go well. They asked me to leave the church, which I did. And on the way out, this is the first vision. I, I, I went back and asked the Lord, this is the first vision the Lord ever gave me that I can remember. I can see it as clear as I can sit here now. As I walked out just before I got in my car, I saw the church. I saw the church, and I saw an F-4 Phantom make a gun run on it and just blow it into smithereens. It just wiped it out. And then the Lord spoke as quiet as could be and said, that's what you just did. That's what you just did. That's what my words did. Uh, and the pastor didn't deserve that. He was a man that deserved respect. But that's, that's what my careless words did. He said, uh, 
you just wasted that church, and that was not good. And I understood that, but I didn't. I it took quite a few years before I began to realize I needed to calm down my words. So that was a bad result. That was a bad result. Um, according now, here's another point I want to bring up. According to verses 20 and 21. What are we told to do to avoid the human anger that doesn't produce God's justice? Well, let me say this again. What are we told to do to avoid human anger? We rid ourselves of filthiness and wickedness, and we receive the Word. So, uh, one of the things I learned in science, nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, you know, you, you take something out, something else is going to come in. Jesus said that. You sweep the house clean, and... Uh, if you don't replace it, seven more demons will come back worse than the beginning. So uh, one of the things I found out was I can't, if if I spend my time trying to stop doing something, I, I'll never get it done. But if I start doing what the Word says and just let the Word, let the Word, let the Word implant in me, pretty soon some of those things begin to go away. They're just not issues anymore. Um when I when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was a heavy smoker. Loved smoke. I could go into a Cracker Barrel today and see all the cigarettes up on there, and I can tell you what every one of them tasted like because I smoked them all. And I but it but you know I didn't want to smoke. So if I sit there and I go, I got to quit smoking. I got to quit smoking. I got to quit smoking. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to smoke. But if I just didn't worry about it and I started putting God's word in there, pretty soon the Lord spoke. Said it's time to quit, and I was able to quit smoking after being a heavy smoker. In four days, it was all over, and I haven't smoked since. So it's another one of those instances where you just have to be careful not to allow the things that um, that you're that that you're working on overwhelm you. But just remember what the word says. Just keep putting the word in there. I think that's one of the lessons in here. Um, then there's the other part of this that I think is very critical. Um, what do you do when you see people that receive the Word but that never changes anything in their life? What, what, what are we talking about there? Uh, is this not uh, what Jesus said when the seed is sown and sown on rocky soil? Uh, that it just sits there and the birds of the air come and get it and it, it doesn't do any good? Um, are they the people that that uh, it grows on the on the wayside? The birds get it, or the the thorns, and it gets overwhelmed by the things that are uh, things of the world. Um, I've seen people. You talk to them. They're they're angry at sister so and so over something, and um, they begin to look at this, and and you tell them, look, here's what the here's what the word says about this particular situation, and and um, they give you the two of the worst words you ever want to hear when you're talking to somebody about the Word. And you give them, say, look, here's what the Scriptures say. And you tell it and you show it to them and they go, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's true, but in my case, you know, it's different. Nothing like this has ever happened in the world before. In my situation is so unique that, and, you know, um, that's a good example of... of Having the word just come and not not produce any fruit whatsoever, uh, but then you'll see some people 
Um, and I, I can share this with you on, on my example. When I first heard, uh, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, worst blizzard in Ohio history hit, and I was in lawn care, so we didn't have to go anywhere. And, and, and I just got a brand new coffee maker, the kind of coffee maker was called a Mr. Coffee, and uh, it was snowing outside. I had a new pack of cigarettes. I had a new Bible. I had my, my Schofield Study Bible, and I sat down, and this guy had given me these tapes to listen to concerning the parable of the sower. And I sat down and I listened to that, and about 15 minutes into that, I was, I, I, my life was changed forever because I realized God's not my problem. I have an enemy, and he's the one that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. It wasn't God. All my religious, I go back to the word religious friends, told me that I needed to have, you know, it was God that was doing these things to me. All these rotten things that happened were God's fault. So, um, it wasn't so. I had to let that word get implanted, and when it did, it grew in me. Uh, now, unfortunately, there's been some things that God's told me to do that I've been like rocky soil. But when it came to that one, it wasn't. I knew it, I stood on it, and I accepted it. So, that's what I got for John, or not John, James. James chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to close in prayer, and I appreciate you listening. So, let me, have, let me have a quick close in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the word implanted has the ability to change our hearts, to change our souls. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for today. I thank you for Rick Bonfim Ministries, the outreach that they have. Um, thank you for that in Jesus' name. Don't forget, you can see it right there along the bottom. You can hit that code and go ahead and, and give a donation to Rick Bonfim Ministries. Thank you so much, and you guys have a great day. Clamando no escuro, correndo e olhando para trás.